0: Greetings, kind friends. Our Are You Listening Again series considers the kingdom of God in some beautiful attributes just for you. Are you part of the kingdom? Let's examine this today from the International Gospel Hour. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. For almost 90 years, Churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. You are about to listen to another Bible-based lesson with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour, starting now. I am bound to the promised land. Thank you to our J. Webb for his kind words, and greetings to all of you, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the International Gospel Hour broadcast, and we are always grateful. If the program helps you to come to better understanding of God's will, you will be doing us a great favor by encouraging others to listen to the program on a regular basis. This program exists to preach the Word and to expose errors of various kinds that plague the world of religious people in our time. Paul wrote the young gospel preacher, Timothy, and declared, I charge thee in the sight of God and of Christ Jesus, who shall judge the living and the dead, and by His appearing in His kingdom, preach the word, be urgent in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching, 2 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. It is our supreme desire to preach this same word today without addition, subtraction, or any type of modification. The Bible does not need to be updated or modernized. It needs to be preached. That is our duty on this program. It needs to be believed, obeyed, and loved. That is the responsibility of both the speaker and each of you who listen from time to time. Today I wish to study with you another lesson relative to the kingdom of God. In the Roman epistle, the peerless Paul supplies us with an excellent definition of the kingdom of God. He wrote in Romans fourteen seventeen. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. My friends, are you listening? Do you not recognize that the Bible is its own best interpreter? I am sure you do. The negative is given first, and the negative is what the kingdom is not, a materialistic, earthly kingdom. Then this allows Paul to close out with the positive. In the passage under examination, again, Romans fourteen seventeen, After viewing the kingdom of God negatively, the inspired Paul begins to look at this glorious institution positively. He affirms that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy are fruits of the inner man. Thus, they are spiritual in their nature. They underscore the fact that the kingdom of God is geared to the spirit or soul of man and not to his bodily interest primarily. They accent the fact that the kingdom of God is within and not an outward exhibition of raw political power, such as Rome had manifested in the existence of its empire, or that which Alexander, Cyrus, and Nebuchadnezzar had earlier exerted. Our Lord dealt with this very principle in His gospel ministry. Luke says in Luke 17, 20 and 21, And being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God cometh, He answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo, here or there, for, lo, the kingdom of God is within you. Though the fruits of righteousness, peace, and joy will be evident in the outward life of kingdom citizens, yet these majestic fruits are inward as far as origin is concerned. If the kingdom of God were to be thought of as a building, then righteousness would constitute the foundation, peace would constitute the walls of the spiritual building, joy would be the roof of this spiritual house. These ingredients are imperatives. In their absence, there could be no kingdom of God within the hearts of humanity. Righteousness is one of the kingly words of the Bible. Righteousness has been defined as right living. It consists of right living in the sight of Jehovah God and in the performance of just dealings with mankind. Jesus underscored the importance of righteousness by His frequent use of it in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 5 and verse 6, the renowned preacher said, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Just a few verses later he declared, For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5 and verse 20. In a very plain and crystal clear passage he makes the possession of righteousness a matter of urgent priority. He said in Matthew 6.33, But seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Paul in Romans 14.17 connected righteousness with the kingdom of God. Jesus does the same here in Matthew 6.33. The apostle Peter made prominent mention of righteousness in his discourse to Cornelius and his devout household in Acts 10.34-35. And Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is acceptable to him. Righteousness is something man works and paves the way for his acceptance into the saving grace of Jehovah God. In the profound Roman epistle, Paul often spil- spoke rather of righteousness, even as he did in defining the kingdom here in Romans fourteen seventeen. He gave the thesis of the entire epistle in Romans one sixteen and seventeen for when he said, "For I am not ashamed of the Gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to every one that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek." For therein is revealed a righteousness of God from faith unto faith as it is written, but the righteous shall live by faith. By the righteousness of God is not meant the righteous attributes of Jehovah's character. By Jehovah's righteousness the inspired penman meant to direct the reader's attention to the plan by which God makes men righteous. This is the gospel plan of salvation, which consists of hearing, the, which consists rather of hearing the word of God, believing in the deity of Christ, repenting of one's sins, confessing faith in Christ as the only begotten Son of God, the Son of Jehovah God, and immersion in water for or unto the remission of sins. Obedience to such will make a person truly righteous in God's sight, Obedience to such will allow one to become a citizen of the kingdom of God. It is interesting, beloved, to point out that the kingdom of God is righteousness and that it takes obedience to the plan of righteousness in order for people to enter the kingdom of God. Paul sought and taught in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10 that the unrighteousness shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The unrighteous will not. The reversal of his teaching here would be an implied affirmation that the righteous will inherit the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is also peace. Note that Paul listed righteousness before he did peace. Paul never taught the modern and very popular concept of peace at any price. He recognized that real peace grows out of a righteous life. There can be no peace in man's heart until he is righteous in thought, attitude, and motive. There can be no peace in man's conscience until he is righteous in his speech and daily deeds. Real peace is threefold in its comprehensive nature. There is upward peace. This is a peace that reaches up to God. From God it reaches down within the human heart. In the second place, there is outward peace. It reaches out to include and enfold others. Though not always, it will many times be reciprocated. Just as kindness begets kindness, love begets love, and friendship begets friendship, so real peace extended to others will begat peace. In the third place, biblical peace is inward It brings the peaceful serenity of being right with oneself. Beloved, are you listening? There is nothing like pillowing one's head at night with the well-grounded foundation that he is right with God, and, inasmuch as is possible, right with his fellow man. It is no wonder the New Testament says of this type of peace, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall guard your hearts and your thoughts, in Christ Jesus, Philippians 4.7 The kingdom of God is also joy. This in the Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit has given us the will of God. When obeyed, it leads to joys and happiness of the deepest kind. This joy is produced by righteous living. It flows free from experiencing the peace of God. The Apostle Paul had drunk deeply of the foundation of the fountain, rather, of righteousness, in his heart existed the peace of God. With this as background, we can well understand why he could tell the Philippians to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice, Philippians 4, 4. Paul wrote to the Galatians and said, Let the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control. Against such there is no law, Galatians five twenty two 22-23. This type of peace is really the songbird of peace. One writer has well written, "...wherever we find people in whose lives righteousness, peace, and joy dwell, we find the kingdom of God. When we deny that the kingdom of God has come, we deny the existence of righteousness, peace, and joy in the hearts and lives of men." Hearing, believing, repenting, confessing, and being baptized are the citizenship requirements for the entrance into the kingdom of God. Dear friends, how thankful we are for such a wonderful lesson today. Originally delivered on the International Gospel Hour by the late V.E. Howard and penned by the late Brother Robert R. Taylor, Jr., we are thankful to bring forth this broadcast once again. And friends, we would love to hear from you concerning this broadcast today and the Kingdom of God. Please reach out to us at one eight five igh 6988 Let us know you heard this broadcast. Let us know from whence you heard it. And if we can be of help to you in your further study, please let us know. Thank you for joining me today on the International Gospel Hour radio broadcast. I'm Jeff Archie and friends.